0: Today's episode is with Laurel Judd.
1: Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. (laughs) Loving that. So I love nine hundred number voice. Stop it. (laughs)
0: Today's episode is with Laurel Judd. Oh
1: yes, Um, yeah. She's uh, she's the owner of Pure Sweat and Float in Clarksville, and we are reminded that this world we live in is so crazy small. Yep, with how we were connected with her. And then all of a sudden Luke's like, Oh, I went to the gym with this lady. And then I used to float there. So wild.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Her story is really inspiring. And she just has, like many of the women, she used something that was painful and hurtful in her life. And now she's using it to help others. Yeah. And you can tell
1: how passionate she is about just healing and spreading awareness, all of that. In her journey, that you guys will all hear, um, she really has a passion for bringing BII to light—breast implant illness—and mm-hmm. helping people on any sort of healing journey.
0: Right, and I think that's something you know, just looking at business in general, is we shouldn't look at a business for how much money we can make. But when you look at, like, a problem that you can solve Mm -hmm. or how you can be passionate because of your own personal experience, that in turn will automatically lead to success. Yeah. Because she's so successful and they're, you know, opening another one and expanding and growing. And it's because of the passion and the history behind it, not because oh, I want to open this business and do this.
1: Right. Yeah. Especially for people like us who have lots of ideas. Right. Right. Oh, we could do this. We yeah. could do that. Yeah. But if there's no like oomph and passion behind it, just let it be a fun idea and
0: somebody else will do it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, get ready. You might have some tissues. There is a little bit of language in it yeah. as well. Yeah. She kept apologizing for using the F bomb.
1: <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah.
0: But um we know that you're gonna enjoy her story and um it really is a touching story. <laughs> what? Is it because I said the word touching with my voice like this? <laughs> no.
2: It is because you said
1: you will enjoy her story. It's a touching story. <laughs> Well, a, damn it. <laughs> Anyways, you thought it was because you said touching in that voice. I'm not that pervy. <laughs> We're sorry, Laurel. Oh my gosh. This is us. <laughs> this is us. This is what's happening. Okay. Anyways, enjoy Laurel Jed. <laughs>
2: sarah i'm caitlin two women discussing all things in business welcome to she's the boss
3: hi how are you can you see us yes it's a little blurry but i can see you guys
1: great perfect Alright. Do you I'm, want to say hi?
2: <laughs> yeah, Luke, I don't know if you loving. remember my
1: husband. Oh, yeah. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> she says, oh, hi. <laughs> wow. You're
3: in our headphones, so he can't hear you.
2: He has some yes. shorts on you wouldn't want to see anyway. <laughs> he's, he has ranger panties on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a greenberry husband who's currently gone, gone, so I've seen it all.
1: Yeah, I bet. She's seen it all.
3: <laughs> Her greenberry husband. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, so yeah. funny.
1: Yeah. Good. Well, we're so excited to have you when we re or we put out on our stories on Instagram, like who do we need to have on the podcast? And I don't know who it was, but somebody mentioned your name and then I reached out to you and they said something like, she just has an amazing story. You have to, you have to have her on. So, and I didn't know what that amazing story was. We're very trusting. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it was- That was, Yeah. It was Tracy Jalimo was her, she was my intern, but I don't know. She got married to an, a special forces guy and I forgot her current last name, but her IG is Spacey Tracy. That's who you talk to. Yeah.
1: She's like a
3: therapist in the military.
1: Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So she told us that and then, you oh. know, what? what's her name again?
3: Tracy. Well, when I knew her, she was my intern. So I was a counseling psychologist
2: Oh, my gosh. Are we about to connect more dots? Yes. Okay. So she's my husband's therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's why she followed us because, yeah, she's his therapist. And then she was, like, getting out at the same time as him. So she was only, like, temporarily his therapist. But then we kind of all still kept in touch and became friends afterwards. Oh, my gosh. This is the smallest world because I had no idea about that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't remember her last name oh. now, though. Uh, all so, the little connections.
3: I forgot what it is because she married a Green Beret and they both got out. So I forgot what her new name is, but she's um, really cool. She's a great intern, so I can imagine she's a good therapist. So he's in good hands.
2: Was was <laughs> oh, hey, I'm like, can you still work with him, though? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Don't we all say that? At least he saw a therapist.
1: Well, I'm um, so excited to hear about your story and what brought you to opening the studio in Clarksville. Um, you know, we talked about all these connections happening, but when now we know your husband's therapist <laughs> reached out to say we should have you on, I mentioned something to Luke and Luke was like, oh my gosh, I know that lady. And I went to float there and we like met at the gym or something and just start talking and whatever. Um, which is just so crazy because he was stationed there for the last three years while we were here. And so I know Clarksville ish a little bit, but never got the chance to come to the studio, but Luke talked about going. So it's just such a crazy small world that no. now we're sitting here. So we'd love yeah. just to hear about the journey, um, however you want to tell it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, man, I get around, don't I? Um, so, <laughs> a great way. I know, right? So basically, um, I was a counseling psychologist for Fort Bragg, when my husband was in the Q course, and then he got stationed at Campbell and assigned to fifth group. Everything was good. I had never been sick in my whole life. And actually, worked with addictions it was called the asap army substance abuse program now called sud cc but um i remember just thinking that a lot of people as bad as this sounds they exaggerate pain or they exaggerate autoimmune issues and then have my daughter i'm considered geriatric Had her at 37 it took us quite a while um and then had a c-section and after that i got really really sick and We couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. My husband's basically deployed that whole like first three years my daughter's born. So I'm kind of on my own. And I don't know if you guys know this, but as a GS worker, so government service worker, you don't get any paid leave when you're on maternity leave. So you do as a soldier, but not then. So during those 12 weeks, which I was so happy to finally be pregnant And um, the C-section was just a terrible experience. They basically nipped my bladder. So I was wearing a calf for like the first month. My husband's gone, Mm. no family here. And I just start declining. I'm talking anxiety, insomnia, um, just really, really sick. And we couldn't figure it out. But when I went to the doctor, they just said, you've postpartum depression. And I'm like, I'm sure I do, but I physically don't feel well. And as a psychologist, I had never been on mental health medication. So I'm like, I shouldn't be too good for this. But I knew in my heart, it was something else. So started taking like trying Zoloft and Wellbutrin and all this stuff, but it actually made me even more sick. And they said, give it a month, stay on it. And then, you know, see how it goes. Give your time, your body time to adjust. Well, I got to the point where I was on Zoloft and I was pretty close to suicidal. So I'm like, I don't wanna kill myself by myself. I'm just gonna, you know, like I was healthy enough to know like there's something else going on. So I took some what's called FMLA, so that allowed me to figure out what was wrong with me and take time from work without losing my job. Um, my job is paying a and that's like, the
1: the family medical leave act,
3: just exactly. for people who aren't aware. Thank you. Yeah. Um but and in the middle of that, too, Clarksville, just like any other military town, there's so many kids. So to get into a daycare, you have to, like, two years in advance, basically, yeah. put your name on the we list. Know. <laughs> right. So um, I ended up with a nanny, went through, like, three nannies. The first two ended up being crazy. The third one was great, but it was about $600 a week. So got this nanny. um, And during FMLA, I'm on this journey to figure out what the hell is wrong with me. So I'm going down rabbit holes. Mind you, this is right before COVID. So we have all these people in rabbit holes anyway. Um, And then finally, this special forces wife is like, man, I've seen you decline so much, not to be intrusive, but do you have breast implants? And I'm like, actually, I do. But what does that have to do with anything? They're FDA approved. I thought she was crazy. And she's like, no, there's something called breast implant illness. I think you have it. And I was so sick at that point that I was willing to Yeah, try what
1: symptoms for, did you have? Like, what were oh, you experiencing?
3: Um, my vertigo was so bad that I could barely stand up. I basically felt like I had the flu, like really bad flu symptoms, stomach issues. My hair was falling out. Um, so in that little link I sent you, I don't know if it has before and after pictures, but I didn't even recognize myself. My skin was the silver color. It was really, really bad. Um, and then I also formed Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune issue. Your body's basically attacking itself. So I kind of started looking into it and, you know, I was home and I was just, you know, when you don't feel well and you've got this new baby, one, I felt so much guilt because I could barely take care of her. I had no family around. I'm like, great, I'm going to you know, lose this job, this career that I love. And I'm like three months away from paying off my student loans after 10 years. It was just, it was like that complete shit show. Sorry about my language. Um, And not to mention it's very hard. Are you okay with the word shit? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Just making sure. Um, So, you know, my husband even in the meantime was like, man, all you wanted was a kid. And I think he thought that maybe I was going crazy because the doctor's like, nah, she just has postpartum. Mind, you, was also a male doctor who had probably never heard of breast implant illness either. So our marriage was kind of in the ruts. I have this beautiful baby I can't take care of. I can't figure out what's wrong with me. And I joined this Facebook page called Healing Breast Implant Illness by Nicole. There's over 200,000 women with the same exact symptoms as me. And I'm like, man, there's something going on. So. Um, there were recommended doctors, but they were in like Cleveland, Ohio, and that one was $20,000 and then very special, whatever. But I found a doctor in Nashville who had done them and he worked for Vanderbilt doing reconstructive surgery. So he had done many of those for cancer patients. So I call him and he's like, yeah, I can do it for you. Um, so I asked him to do everything that these specialists did. I'm like, take a before and after picture to make sure that I know you took, Basically, an M block is when you take the capsule out, you can't just take the implant out because if you don't take the capsule that's surrounding the implant, you're going to have that silicone still in your body. So get the surgery. Um, Can I ask at
1: this point how long you had implants for and uh, had you had any symptoms?
3: So prior to having my daughter, people would always say your eyes are so red, but that was it. Just red eyes. Um, never felt sick, but once I got pregnant and I chalked it down to like, they kept saying you're 37 years old and I'm like, man, I'm in good shape. I played division one sports. I eat well. I look better than that 26 year old next to me. Like there's something not right. Never been sick before. Um, so yeah, after I got the implants removed, I started feeling significantly better, like within hours of the surgery. And then i started seeing a functional medicine doctor because i realized that doctors just didn't have any idea what this was and now i have this autoimmune issue and doctors really just kept well let me go back in the meantime my doctor finally said all right i'll do a cbc on you because he kept just giving me meds and then he said oh my gosh you really do have really messed up cbc i had seven iron infusions my magnesium and my vitamin d were like almost zero so Basically, what a Western medicine doctor was is they just kept, you know, like giving me vitamin D, giving me magnesium, and iron infusions. So I was sitting at Tennessee Oncology with cancer patients getting iron infusions every six weeks. So that was when I was like, and by the time all this was said and done, I had paid probably close to 40k in doctor supplements, surgeries, all of that stuff, but wouldn't take it back for the world because I feel incredible today. So it is what it is, and it brought me to where I am. But um, and I have
1: unmedicated ADD, so if I'm going in circles, I apologize. Um, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm I'm curious because yeah. it's such a journey to learn to advocate for yourself yeah. versus being told by doctors who we tend to trust until mm-hmm. you know you have something happen mm-hmm. where you don't trust them very much. Yeah. Um, what was the journey like in? in figuring out like, okay, this is not going to be the way I go, the Western way. How did you decide, like, I'm going to take this into my own hands and figure out my own way?
3: I think from the beginning I did because I'm not patient and that's great for an entrepreneur because I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And also when you're so used to feeling so good and then you wake up feeling like shit and you have to care for this kid and I'm like, my kid deserves so much more. I'm single parenting. I have, it's me. So I'm like, I I would literally stay up till three in the morning, even while my doctor was like, yeah, you just have postpartum. I knew in my heart that wasn't it. So I was up at all hours, not to mention before I got my implants out and I was working for the military, I would wake up, I was on a prescription for Xanax for maybe six years. I couldn't sleep at night. I would take an Ambien, a Xanax, and a Trazodone and I still couldn't fucking sleep. It was like, I almost checked. That is
1: crazy. That should be like a tranquilizer. (laughs) Like that is what you're
2: taking.
3: Yes. And what's so sad. And I remember this so clearly, I still am working through like guilt from it. I tried so hard. So it took us about like, not a terribly long time, but a year and a half to get pregnant. But when you're in your thirties and you're around all these young military spouses who pop out kids left and right, you feel like, come on um and she would wake me so she wasn't the best sleeper so i was a walking fucking zombie i remember calling nurses in nashville saying i will pay you i'll charge you please come give me a night's rest there wasn't anything like it at that point so i was like what what do i do and i was so afraid of not waking up for my daughter and every time she'd wake me up in the middle of the night some mothers would be like, oh, this is the most beautiful thing. I was like, <gasps> like constant yeah. state of fucking panic. And I just never felt good enough. And my husband's gone in Syria and he didn't wanna fucking hear it. And you're supposed to be a good SF wife, so don't complain. But I literally had hit a wall where I'm like, I think I need to check myself in, but I was so afraid of them taking my baby away from me. Mind mm-hmm. you, as soon as I got my implants out, gone. And that's why I'm such an advocate for breast implant illness, because so many women are sick. And if they go through anything close to what I did, I would do anything to prevent that. So, um, and it's not to say everyone with breast implants has that. My grandma was 95 and died with implants. Now she had other things that I think were attributed, but she didn't have what I went through. Um, Mm -hmm. and they're thinking that most women who go through something traumatic on their body, like mastectomy, they shouldn't have implants because their body just it's so low immunity or after a c-section your body especially if you have something called mthfr which is what i do and i'm getting into like the scientific stuff but mthfr is please essential- when your body can't detox properly. So I tell women now who, I have hundreds of women coming to me like, I want implants, but I don't wanna go through what you did. And so I tell them these are the tests to get beforehand. Like if it still means that much to you, if you can't just get a lift, if you really, really need this, cause it's not about judgment for me, I have them. It's about doing the work so that you, if I could prevent anyone from going through this, I would. So MTHFR, about 40% of the population has it. If you haven't, don't get implants because chances are you'll probably go through what I did, especially if you have like the double gene. Um, and so I found out just so much about my body, about supplements, about the healthcare system and how we just don't have the tools to help people unless it's like strep throat or you know surgeries. But anything other than that, we don't look at the body as a whole system whereas functional medicine does which love functional medicine. It's the only way I go, but it's $200. Every time I see the functional doc and it's right. not by insurance, yeah. and then you spend another 500 in supplements. So it's such a battle. Um, but going back to some of the symptoms I had insomnia, vertigo, um, something called Candida, essentially my stomach was so fucked up that all I could eat toward the end of like, before I got the surgery was meat, vegetables and fruits because anything gluten anything sugar anything dairy would just tear my stomach up and it took me about three years to fully heal post-surgery it was insane and what i found too is and people know this now but your gut is such a big determination of how you're going to feel so it took me that long also to fix my gut and so i was worried that like they like a fear of most breast implant on this women are what if they didn't get all the capsule out and then this is why i'm still sick but what i'm finding out is your gut probably just needs to heal and you need the proper nutrition and so getting tested for all that stuff but um so about six weeks after i got the surgery i'm talking to my functional medicine doctor and he said do you have an infrared sauna by you and i said no you know at this time clarksville had no infrared saunas and he said i highly recommend you go just find an infrared sauna because you had mold they found black mold in the implant so the valve was open Mm -hmm. and it was saline so people ask as well like does it matter if saline or silicone essentially the outside or the capsule of the implant is silicone so it really doesn't matter and actually they're finding more women with saline are having problems because the chances of the valve opening up are so much greater and they're so much like malleable Um, So they found black mold and he was like, I need you to like detox, sweat it out. So I just Googled like closest infrared saunas and Pure Sweat and Float Bell mead came up. I live a little bit past exit 11, which is about 30 miles from Nashville. So it wasn't a terribly long drive. And I remember I would once again pay a nanny to come here and I started sauning. And by the third session, it was incredible how much better I felt. Like I couldn't twist right or left with Hashimoto's. By the third infrared sauna session, my back cracked as a And it really, I remember the moment because it was like a release of depression, seasonal depression. I just felt the best I had felt in so long. And then floating is another aspect of pure sweat and float, which helps with insomnia, with joint pain, with stress. And so I started floating and that was another game changer for me. And while I was in the float, I just immediately thought like, this is what i need to do i have no idea how i'm going to do it monetarily but i've got to open a pure sweat and float in my community and it was so funny the owner was actually there and i'm actually the second franchisee now there's 15 nationwide so the beauty of being one of the first franchisees and one of the like raw not rich people that just opens a franchise like she loves my story And so we really became close and she loved watching me heal. But I remember calling my husband while he was in Syria and I was like, I have the best idea. I want to open a franchise. And he was like, (laughs) yeah, he's like, Oh, she's, she's uh, still crazy. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think he literally got home and he was just defeated and people say like, Oh, what an asshole. But when you think of it from his perspective, like, I had this plan. I'm this psychologist. I was going to pay off like almost $200,000 worth of student loans. And all of a sudden I'm sick. I've been wanting this baby. I can't take care of the baby. He's watching me. He thinks I'm psycho and now I want to open a franchise. But, um, (laughs) we get back and it's interesting. He, whenever he goes to the Middle East, he gets like eczema on his forehead and his hands. So Candace is the founder of pure sweat and float. They treat us to a float and, um, he goes in and he gets out of the float and his face is like completely beat red and he's like what the hell the next day His eczema has gone from the magnesium mm. floats and he was so impressed with The people coming in and out watching them and he knows that That's my thing is I like healing people so On the way home, he's like well, fuck it. You know, we're already like 40k from all your things and debt. We have a baby. I mean what else? Why not be like $400,000 in debt? So <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. He's like, we either get a divorce and I have to pay money. I mean, it was literally that raw. Like that's how bad our situation was. And I tell people the story because like, I have nothing to, we loved each other, but it was just such a tough place in our life. So we get the bank loan from planners bank. Luckily we had a HELOC on our house. So our house was almost paid off. And in Clarksville, when we bought it, it was like 279000 on five acres, 3,500 square feet. It appraised for 600000 So we essentially like, thank God we got that house. And first year we made half a million dollars. We're opening the second location. Um, and it's one of those stories where you just like, it's raw. You, you're like right on the border of shits. You might die. And then all of a sudden the beauty of like after the hurricane comes the rainbow. And you just got to take a risk.
2: So... Here we are. Uh, A science-related question. So if you have MTHFR, which the first time I read about it, I think was like seven seven years ago, ago. My son had a vaccine reaction. And so i started reading about all of that and they're like oh he probably has the gene for mthfr which i thought i thought it stood for mother mother ever yeah, yeah i was like okay um that's what i thought too i was like well maybe he is one but i don't know <laughs> he's only six months old uh, a little stinker he does keep me awake at night um <laughs> So, but I started reading about that then. Did you have issues with vaccines? I mean, especially working with the military, you have to have all that crap injected in you.
3: Yeah, it's funny. Um, looking back, my mom reminded me that there were a couple times I had to go to the hospital for what they call dehydration and I got vertigo. And it was probably because, you know, they used to give antibiotics out left and right. So I never put the two together. But, um, Probably, and honestly, when I was in the military, I didn't have to get all the vaccines that soldiers got. But every year, they're like, You need to get your flu shot. And I would just write a note. I'm like, I don't need a fucking flu shot. Like, fuck this. It's every year. And then they said, I need my tetanus again. I just got away with it. I just had a doctor write a note. So, um, yeah, that's great.
2: I can and <laughs> that's I can great <laughs> that you could do that. I can say now that my husband's out of the military. Yeah, it's all in who you know. How you can get away. <laughs> yeah, honestly, with it. Well, be like, yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. And they weren't as strict. Like once COVID went around, and they're like, you must get the vaccine. I wasn't working for the military. I was done, so I never had to do that either. And that's now, awesome. my yeah, I was boss, just. Yeah, so it's like I
2: was curious like thinking back to the history of like growing up if your mom remembered you like getting sick from vaccines and stuff and the the uh, connection.
3: I so my dad had polio and then he had ALS. So obviously autoimmune runs in my family, but I don't think she put the two together because she probably wasn't aware enough um and i mean i've gotten every test i'm telling you i've probably spent so much money genetics tests gi gut tests like so i know my genetics i know what foods to eat what supplements to take um what alcohol to drink probably not drink like all of that
1: wow Yeah, I think that that. that's kind of the way of the future a little bit is to take things into your own hand and seek out the people that are specialized in specific things, hormones, gut health, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's not going necessarily just to your primary care physician to say, here's all these symptoms. It's like, okay, well, this could be a bajillion different things. And I'm just here really to quickly treat these symptoms, not Mm -hmm. to get to the root of the issue. I have so many friends right now doing like saliva testing and stool samples, all of this stuff to get to the root of what is going on with them. Mm -hmm. A lot of these women have breast implants too. So I'm like making all these connections in my head right now. Um, and I had heard about this. There was um, a woman in our community who was a military spouse um, and she's into fitness and stuff. And she's talked a lot about BII. So this is not news to me, but as you're saying all of this stuff, especially with the gut health, I'm like,
3: Oh my gosh, <laughs> to call I need a few of to- my friends. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And there's a website it's called, healing breast implant illness it literally is the best website it gives doctors in your area symptoms genetic testing to get like it has all the information you could ever imagine and there's doctors now all over social media so they're doing breast explant surgery but they do like seven tests they put you on a diet like they're so advanced that sometimes I'm like, damn it, I wish I would have had that. But that's part of the journey and I'm one of the first to really speak up and in the process, like guarantee five years from now, it's gonna be so talked about and hopefully they'll come up with something else. Like I know right now, they some of the doctors have fat stem cells. So right now, if you want a fat transfer to your boobs, like let's say you want to lift and you don't want to get implants, but you don't have enough fat, they actually are doing stem cell fat so that it actually stays in your breast. Whereas if you just do a fat transfer, about 40% stays. So they're coming up with all this stuff. And what it's called, the reason people are getting sick from breast implants, it's called gel bleed. So your body heats up, really warmer than silicone should be, and tiny little pieces of silicone are going through your body, especially women who have had them 10, 20, 30 years. And eventually it's going to cause something and you think about it yes it's fda approved but you've got two silicone balls next to your heart like how crazy is that and then doctors there's tons of videos now on it lots of um playboy models are getting their implants out how many doctors have said women are just crazy like they're just crazy right so right um yeah i've had since we've opened Eight women have gotten their implants out and watching them heal because it's not just getting the implants out. It's also changing your diet because you've probably changed that. You know, there's genetic keys that you almost, you may have a predisposition for kind of like mental health, right? But if you take that one drug, you become psychotic. It's the same thing with if your immune system goes so low and you're attacking yourself, that let's say heterozygous gene that you have one for is probably going to be unlocked. So maybe before you never had gut issues. Now all of a sudden you have these gut issues. So you have to really work toward putting it back in remission. And that's been like, I'm telling you the three years after I got my implants out, like I felt immediately about 40% better, but it took three years to get 80% better this fourth year. I'm probably almost hundred percent, but it took four, years, because I'm on my own, you know, like, and unless you have the means to pay for this, like there's sick women, there are plenty of women who have probably died. And there's a form of cancer caused by breast implants. So,
2: so uh, healthcare and TRICARE doesn't pay for the removal of them and all of this?
3: Um, There, I have heard, depending on how much time and how savvy you are, there's my friend actually just got her implants removed last week. She's a veteran and her doctor said that a VA doc did it for her. Um, I don't know how great it was because they're not VAI specialists, but I forgot the reason behind it. I think there are certain doctors now that they can finagle a way to do it. But most the answer is no. Like if you go to a plastic surgeon, it's a definite no.
1: Sure. Well, I know that there's a lot of, um, you know, unlike the military Facebook spouse pages, you know, women who are trying to get certain surgeries covered by TRICARE, whether it's like a tummy tuck because it's affecting them mentally, but it is like the longest uphill battle to do any of that. And BII to the best of my knowledge is not really diagnosable with a test yeah. So it's not even like you can create this paper trail. All you can have is like, right. here, I am very
2: sick and no one knows what's wrong with me. Please take my right. breast implants out. You'd think they'd be <laughs> smart enough to realize it'll save them money in the long run if oh. they. <laughs> but you know, that's not the I case. Know that's not the case. <laughs> that's like <laughs> preventative care.
3: It's funny you say that because that's exactly what that doctor said. Like, if we do this surgery, then you won't be coming a hundred times in the next year. That's one of the reasons they did it. but one thing they say is if you have capsular contraction then part of it's covered so i did have that so like two thousand dollars was taken off but the surgery was 14k so it's like you know and most of us bii patients we we almost need a lift because you have this implant and like i'm pretty much a size a so if i didn't get that lift it would look like cranberries in a tube sock you know i mean like i, I <laughs> Yeah. You know, because i'm like i already feel like shit i'm already gonna be like and i didn't know how bad i'd look that's one of the reasons i went to a specialist because i'm like i already feel so shitty i want to at least know that i have small boobs but they look great and so he did a fantastic job he even did a post-op surgery for free to like redo some of the um scar tissue and which i was lucky about i'm like thanks. After 14 K, I get,
1: you know, 2 K for free. It's like yeah. a punch card. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so well, what was well, the journey like f- mentally, you know, cause you got well, breast implants for a reason. Cause you wanted yeah. to have uh, boobs and be whatever it was, you know um, what was it like coming out of surgery and having to deal with the, the new version of your body mentally, like you were feeling physically better, but you yeah. looked different.
3: So I was a different story, I would say. Um, I think you guys will get this. I forgot what your husband does, but was he a 160th or some something special? No,
1: or... he was he's an Apache pilot. Okay,
3: that's still, pilots are a unique breed. Um, so any spec ops community, and, and let me say this, I'm a Midwestern girl, I even lived in South Beach, and I saw fake boobs everywhere. Never had the desire ever to have fake boobs. But once I started dating a Green Beret and I was like in a community where I felt like I had no control minding. My dad had died like a year after I met my husband. So I felt like my whole life was just like, anything I can control, I would. So I'm like, I'm, I guess I didn't realize it until later on. If I can control my looks, at least I have that. So when we moved to Fort Campbell, like every special forces wife I knew had fake boots. And it was actually pretty cheap to get them. It was like, I went to Kentucky, decent doctor. It's like four $4,000. So I'm like, I guess I'll get them. And actually I went to him to just get a lift because I never liked the shape of my boobs. And he said, you're only size B. So I would have to do an implant. So I didn't go into that consult thinking I want breast implants, but most plastic surgeons are going to push the implant. So I got it. And as soon as I got out of surgery, I was like I hate my boobs because I've always been a division 1 athlete. I actually liked the way I looked flatter. And then it was under the muscle, so I tried to work out and it hurt. Like it took a while because every time I would do a chest press or whatever, I could feel them. Um and my husband did not like them he's very very like i like you for who you are like i even got fake eyelashes and he's like what the fuck are you doing so he's very <laughs> different things, but, you know like he doesn't <laughs> like that and so i actually felt shitty as soon as i got out of the original surgery because i knew that it, it wasn't for me but And i hid them like i didn't get big ones or anything but i hid them for a while and then it just kind of life happened and i was working on posts and he's deploying all the time and then i was focused on getting pregnant and looking back it probably took me a long time to get pregnant because i had these implants and then once i had did it affect
2: your pregnancy at all
3: it's hard to tell because i've only been pregnant once and i will say that i've always been like super type a energetic as soon as I got pregnant, I knew within like the first 24 hours because I felt tired. But the only thing I could say that really affected me was like labor and after. It was just hell. And partially because I didn't know anything about getting pregnant. I was so Western medicine at that point that I didn't know about, like you could have a doula or you could do as natural as possible. They kept saying like, you're over the age of 35. You have to schedule. If you're a week late, we got to put Pitocin in where my friend who's a doc in Cleveland at the Cleveland clinic's like, no, like you could have waited two more weeks. Like this is what doctors are doing and they're messing everything up. So I had a pretty traumatic labor. And I really think that that set the tone for why I got so sick so quickly. But after I got out of that surgery where I got my implants removed, I was so happy. I didn't give a fuck. Like, my husband didn't like my boobs. I had resigned from my job by then. I just wanted to be a mom and to feel good. I literally was so past the looks and I had lost so much weight. Like basically with BII, you either gain a shit ton of weight and a lot of my friends had that, or you get really thin. And I just, I think I was, I'm five, seven, And pretty athletic build i was down to 140 which is very thin for me i'm normally around 160 and i was and everyone's like oh my god you you don't look well i couldn't eat so i didn't give a shit about the boobs but um yeah is it
2: different like different military bases because i've never noticed that my husband just retired special forces and i've never noticed that in our community or maybe what the boobs yeah or maybe there's a lot of
1: people in our a lot of women in our community but like
2: the people on his team i know none of them have him (laughs) (laughs) i know i
3: know (laughs) what kind of making out are you guys doing when your husband's deployed that's awesome.
2: Hey, Um, what happens during deployment stays? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding.
3: Um, No, I, maybe it was also the time this was 10 years ago. Cause we've been here at Campbell. He got on a team in 2012, early 2012. So I think it's going away now, but like, we're considered the old timers, like we're over 40 years old. But when I, when we got on a team, it was, I'd say almost every woman on the team had implants. And sometimes you can't tell like with certain shirts but i could tell because it just looked too perfect
1: yeah yeah. i think that was the height of people getting boobs too yes like 2010 to maybe 15 or so and now i do think the pendulum is swinging the other way of you know you can wear like the low-cut stuff and it looks you know, I visually more appealing to a lot of people to have smaller breasts yeah. versus you know these huge round, you know, yeah. hard-looking boobs.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess I didn't realize too, especially now that I don't have implants. There to me, and like I said, there is no judgment. I had implants, and I do other things to make myself look a certain way, so it doesn't matter. But when I see someone with implants, to me, it's like, oh my gosh, the like what we go through as women for looks, it's more of like that insecurity piece of, oof, it's sad. But now I'm like, look, I could wear a low-cut shirt and I don't even have to wear a bra half the time. I feel like I look, I do feel like I look so much better. But they also make me look a little fatter too.
2: A lot of people say that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so let's talk about, the business aspect of it now, what does your life look like now? How old is your daughter? How do you juggle the the business and being a mom?
3: Yeah, so uh, that's a good question. Scarlett is almost six, and as much as I wanted more kids than that, after I had my daughter, my husband kind of vasectomy. to me. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I can't do this again, knowing that he's gone like 80% of the time. Like he's just... Yeah. That's how he is so he's like i don't want to see you sick again i think i would have been okay if i had another kid but so we've got one daughter um the first year that we open it whooped my ass because i had never been a business owner before and you know nothing it's like everything in life nothing can be taught just like having a baby when you have a business a brick and mortar it is like birthing a baby watching it grow um and which is a great thing. We were so slammed with business, but it was such a new franchise. I didn't have much help and they're just learning how to like franchise out. So it was just survival mode. Um, but that first year we opened, Evan was actually working in the S shop. He wasn't on a team. So it worked out perfectly because he really helped me a lot. He was able to watch my daughter. And that first year we went through what I didn't, like think about, I was so worried about just making money because of all the debt we were in. We did really well, but the staff issues, especially post-COVID in a military town, like it. that was the rough part is going through multiple managers and like learning how to be an owner. And thank goodness now that we're building out Studio Two, I have an incredible manager, I have an incredible team. So I come in and out as I please. You know, I'm there probably three days a week, but. It's awesome. I do a lot of community work. I do a lot of stuff with corporate. I'm able to do a PTA meeting today for my daughter. But anytime you open a business that first year or two is going to be hard. Um, So for me, it looks like and now she's in kindergarten. So that makes it easier. She leaves at eight o'clock. I try and do my pure bar class. I go to the studio. I do community outreach. I sauna every single day because it keeps me in remission. Um, I'll float probably not as much as I should maybe twice a month and I'm working with this manager to get her in the position to be director of operations and our goal is to have three or four studios and um, Evan gets back this Friday and he's gone again October 18th so I also try to I have a good babysitter I try and go out when I can to like events so I'm all about living life now and I see a therapist once a month, which helps me. Just finding that balance.
2: I was wondering, are you still working as a therapist at the studio as well? Like, do you do therapy as well, or just the physical?
3: Oh, well, no. So if I were to do, like, you'd have to be in a private practice, essentially. Like, there's licensure involved. This is a franchise. So that would be like, I'd probably go to prison for running two businesses under one. (laughs) (laughs) I let my license expire this March because one I was burnt out and two it was either one of two things I was going to see if I got the loan for this business or I was going to open a private practice here to help transitioning parents because the one thing which I'm sure you ladies know is when you're away from your family and your husband's always gone People don't talk about the hardships, So they're like, oh, this is the best time of your life. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? What kind of life did you have before? Because this is hard as fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like making it okay because there's so many women, especially military wives, that actually feel very lonely and depressed. And they don't have anyone and they're embarrassed to talk to. So those were my two options It happened that the bank loan went through and it's doing well. But what i plan to do when we open up studio two is we're going to have cold plunge and that is like my favorite modality besides sauna cold plunge is incredible for addictions for depression for any kind of physical pain neuropathy and so we're doing what's called a contrast therapy room it's going to be hot sauna cold plunge i don't know if you guys follow joe rogan but i'm sure you do he's very Mm -hmm. into this stuff and it's for a reason because it works so what i'm going to do maybe like twice a week and that's at our second location is really help people through that journey. Because when you're in that cold plunge, the first time you immediately want to get out. But
2: if you have someone, yeah, you're like, dying, yeah. fight or flight. <laughs> <immediately>. <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, the first time I did it, I'm like looking at my watch, but by minute three, I was like, Oh, okay.
3: Well, oh, mind.
1: Yeah, yeah, mind's yeah. <laughs> I'm not
2: actually dying. It's okay. Yeah.
3: Right. yeah. And, um, like coaching people through that because one, I get high off of watching people heal that's kind of I'm an overworker, and then I'm a codependent so and then a lot of my old clients actually still come to my studio because there's a trust factor there right and I used to send them to go floating but with cold plunging a lot of men just love it when you're in there it's not just like I'm in there because I'm in there it's a parallel to holy shit I'm having an addiction I'm going to go in this cold plunge or I'm feeling like crap well guess what once you get in that cold plunge and cool for you you've tried it you know that when you're in there the only thing you're thinking about is freezing your balls off and getting through it so all that other ping 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 is gone so and then once people get out the high of like de the rest of the day and your nerve receptors are just like they're re what is it called like finding neural pathways it helps. And that actually 11 minutes a week is like the perfect amount of time to cold plunge. As long as you do that, they say that that's like the sweet spot. And people love that because they feel like, wow, I haven't felt that alive. I haven't felt that good in so long. So that was my plan when we opened
2: studio too. So what's the difference um, of the float versus the cold plunge, if you can explain that to people? Yeah.
3: Floating, if you guys have been to the Dead Sea, or maybe your husbands have, you're, we have two different floats in our current studio. One is a deluxe or two-person float, and one is a single person. So the one for one person, is going to be 1,200 pounds of Epsom or magnesium salt. The other one is about 1,500 pounds. So you're effortlessly floating at body temperature, which is about 96 degrees. And it's the only time you don't have outside stimulation. So one, it's the only time you don't have pressure in your joints, even when you're sleeping, you have pressure in your joints. So, and it's at body temperature, and you're away from your phone, you're away from your family, you're away from your house. It is a forced relaxation. So we're helping people with pain, they're getting their magnesium because most Americans are deficient, but you're finally like getting able to connect within because I don't know about you guys, but. Even when I'm home, I can't do that because you've got your kids, you've got your laundry, you've got everything. So people love that they pay for a space to heal because we can't do it at home. So it's it's pretty incredible. Um, it's funny, I just saw a guy yesterday who had severe PTSD. So I think of it like this. There's a place in Nashville, for example, not to knock them, but called Float Nashville. There, there's plenty of float studios where sauna and float but they don't take the time to get to know their clients. So one of the guys said, I went to float Nashville and I actually had a panic attack because float Nashville just put me in a float. They didn't give me any direction for 60 minutes, no light, no sound. Well, guess what? A guy with severe PTSD, if you do that, he's gonna fucking shoot himself. Oh my gosh. that goes back to Sears
2: school training.
3: (laughs) Totally, in the box. Um, Sorry about my swearing. i probably am like the biggest swear of anyone. (laughs) But- um,
1: actually no
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um he like we his wife took him in and i'm like all right so we have different sessions they're 25 40 60 90. he so said i'm gonna get you a three pack of 25 for a month or a week whatever is good that fits in your schedule Go in for 25 minutes keep the door open keep the lights on and listen to this music so he did that and he's like hey wasn't bad then the second session, he said, I turn the lights off. The third session, he closed the door, he turned the lights off and that was it. Like he, the trust factor was there. He didn't have a panic attack. So we don't call it deprivation float tank. We call it feeling like you're in the womb, which it's also incredible for pregnant women because mm-hmm. it's the only time they don't have pressure on their joints. And you think about it, the mom is floating effortlessly and the baby's floating inside her effortlessly. And that's a bond before you have your baby. It's the most beautiful thing. Um, So it really helps with sleep because of the magnesium it really helps to get you away from stimulation The first time I floated the first 10 minutes. I was like (laughs) because I'm so like this that I had to do like deep breathing to just get myself down to the level of just being Okay with being with myself and it's a practice but man once you do people see such a difference you're like yeah, man (laughs)
1: Cause just... <laughs> I haven't done it for that reason. So my sister um, here manages a place called um, Thrive, and they have a float tank. They have cryo, infrared sauna. Um, and she's like, you know, come float or whatever. And I haven't gone because, uh, to be honest, I'm afraid of what it's going to be like to be in nothingness for – more than a couple of minutes. (laughs) You know, I, I fear that because I am very much like you type a, like gotta be doing stuff. I intentionally do things in the quiet sometimes like drive, but you're still doing something. And I'm almost nervous about what that will feel like.
3: Yeah. So do they have 25 minute sessions and do they have music?
1: you know, I don't know. I'll have to reach out to her and ask what the progression (laughs) looks like. I think it's so wonderful that you have the background that you do, because while you're not practicing as a psychologist, you are very in tune with how people operate and what's going to be best for them on their healing journey. If you didn't have that background, you might just do whatever the franchise says, you know, like, oh, just go in and do it, you know, because you don't you don't know.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, what's incredible, too, about Pure Sweat and Float, it's very different than a regular franchise. I mean, it's very complicated, but it's simple at the same time. Candace is all about the experience. So for her, it's. It's not just transactional. Like we take 15 minutes to explain my journey because everyone who opens usually has some sort of background of why they opened. And if they don't, they probably won't be as successful because there won't be that heart and rawness to it. So my staff is trained when someone walks in and it's their first time, whether it's off the streets or they make an appointment, they give a tour of the studio. We have about a third of our sales are actually retail and our retail complements the sauna or the float. So every single piece of retail in there is stuff that I use, minus the CBD, because I just, for whatever reason, since BII, I can't metabolize CBD. But I look at it and I tell them this, pretend that you're the owner. I want everyone to think that everyone who works there owns that place. People have decision fatigue. So the franchise also said like, tell people what they need to do. When you come in a place and you're taken care of, isn't it the best freaking feeling? Like if you go to Ritz Carlton, you know that you could just like leave your shoes at the door. They take care of you, and it's a very new aspect in a military town. So, um, like all of our supplements, when people walk in, I make sure that my staff says, you know, the whole spiel. But then, what brings you here today? Because if you don't ask that, then you aren't going to get to the root of helping them. And then we have basically we use mind body, but we have notes so that we know before they walk in, like what are they purchasing, what we can even write down there, like had a wedding last week. And then we say, Hey, how was your daughter's wedding? And they're just blown away. So the service part is actually in some ways smaller than just the experience of being there and learning that if you go to a place where you feel loved, they're going to come back over and over and over again.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Especially yeah. when you're working on your health. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes.
3: Making
1: yeah. that connection is, is huge. And that's what we don't get in the typically with a western doctor because they're pumping you in pumping out you know you don't get that care and feeling like somebody's listening to you and truly understands where you're coming from so that we can make the best plan together
3: yes and they don't even have the time you know the average i have friends that are doctors they're like Laurel, we get like eight minutes and it's they just don't even it's set up for failure It's really funny. This is what I think is hilarious. One of the doctors that I saw, who's a very nice person, but didn't believe me, she's one of our best clients now. And I'm like, ha!
1: (laughs) Yeah. But when you open people up to these new ideas, they, if they're open to them and that's a whole different discussion of, you know, old, old doctor versus the new doctors coming out who have the world
2: at their fingertips to study and try all these new things. Also, unfortunately, it often takes trauma or something serious like this to get people's attention, which is unfortunate.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then it opens you up to this whole new modality that you would just probably, you know, had written off or thought was weird or whatever
2: until you try it. And (laughs) she's your
1: best client.
2: (laughs) That's wonderful. Yeah. That's like, for me, I was all pro-vaccine stuff and it took my child basically going into a comatose type state. Like he was awake, but he was like looking through me. Like it took that 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 for me to actually... Yeah. Yeah. It took that for me to actually do the research, realize, oh, what these people are saying is valid and not just like a crazy conspiracy theory mm-hmm. thing. Oh, so. totally.
3: I'm so sorry about your son. And a lot of people don't believe until it happens to them. So, you know, I've had plenty of doctors say, like, you're crazy, pretty much. And yeah, it's, it's, I've heard about the vaccine reaction with lots of kids, and it's happening more and more and more. Luckily, there's a lot of Western medicine doctors now who at least are spreading out the vaccines and not like making you take all five
2: at once, which is terrifying. Well, that's- and like ours, if you want them, he'll order the preservative-free ones because oh. that's probably why people like us didn't have as bad of a reaction. They've changed how they, yes. you know preserve them and put all the other things in them now. And like, I looked at my old vaccination record and there were like 20 or something like ever. Mm-hmm. And then now I think it's like, it's over a hundred or something they get before they even start kindergarten. When I think along the lines of, you
1: know, advocating for yourself and for your children is with so much information, you have to discern for yourself what avenue you're going to take. And then advocate for yourself and speak up so often I think we just again blindly trust and follow whatever we're told thinking this person has my best interests at heart and they may but again we don't sometimes we don't know what we don't know and if you're in an echo chamber of hearing the same thing over and over and over again you assume that that's the reality instead of doing your own research who's funding that research you know really getting into the data which is like kind of what we have to do
2: these days instead of just blindly trusting. Well, and so much of it is financially focused as well, because once the doctor saw that and once I said, no, we're not getting any more for him, I got removed from the practice. Mm. So they were like, we will no longer treat you or your family. And it's money. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Yeah, totally. Totally. Just like when they get, I think they get paid a certain amount of money just to give the vaccine. So it all has to do with that whole nepotism. But um, luckily in Clarksville, there's a pretty big community of holistic people. And Mm -hmm. the biggest difference I see in like a holistic or functional doctor versus a Western medicine is, I almost felt like with Western doctors, I had to explain why I felt this way when they were like, "Hmm, that's weird that you have this reaction. I knew they didn't believe me. So they thought I was exaggerating. So I was like trying to convince them, whereas my functional, I have a functional doc and a holistic doc. They're like, well, if that's how it makes you feel, let's go a different route. There, There's no like questioning. It's like, who knows better than you? Like, why would I lie? I wanna feel good. So that's the biggest <laughs> difference I see. Um, and even just like the environment, when I go to my holistic doctor, beautiful office. He makes his own tinctures. Like he does tests that a western medicine doctor wouldn't ever do. When you go to a doctor's office, it's like you feel crappy just being in there cuz it's so sterile. It's just the whole thing. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. the whole environment is very different. There's um a doctor that we've talked about several times on the podcast. They're they're not opening in the triangle area, but he um is just getting out of the military and opening his own practice. But he said to luke one time they were talking about i don't even know luke goes down the rabbit holes of all of the health stuff and i mean he could be a doctor <laughs> without <laughs> going to school but um he the you know the guy that was the doctor looked at him and he was like listen buddy like nobody knows your body better than you do right mm-hmm. so i could tell you like oh it might be this but you know what's off with you, you know, when you don't feel well and like where it is. And, you know, you have to be the person who is advocating for yourself with those symptoms, because I just know a little piece of you, what you're telling me, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really interesting, uh, just perspective, perspective. Yeah. that, cause I feel like sometimes you go to the doctor and it's almost like, no, no, I, I know
2: really? as the doctor,
1: I know what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. versus being like, but there's also this other little thing. And I don't know if it's related. And then you feel like you're having to justify yourself and feeling a little crazy, you know? And I think that's why a lot of people just end up not getting things treated or diagnosed and end up really sick because you feel like there's no answers. And then you're like, well, I guess this is
2: the end of the road. No one knows what's wrong with me. That was, (laughs) yeah, that was like me with celiac. I didn't get diagnosed till I was 29 and so i was you know and you talked about the over prescribing of antibiotics i mean i was sick all the time and i'm allergic to almost every antibiotic now i think there's like three left i can take and it's just they would just oh she's sick again and i'm like it's not normal for me to get this sick and they're like yep you're in school it's normal and i'm like no and then i would explain how i would feel and then they're like you need to go to a therapist this is all in your head and you know, I'm a teenager. So they think I'm just some crazy teenager. And I'm like, no, but like I, my muscles hurt, my joints hurt, my stomach hurts right up here. Um, and I mean, this continued. And even after the celiac diagnosis, this kind of stuff has still continued and it's just crazy. But even as a mom, then, You know, I saw my daughter having all the same symptoms and stuff, and she was like two years old and I was like, Hey, she's been sick fourteen times within the past twelve months. Like we've been here fourteen times for something. Something is not right. And I'm like, Can you check her for parasites? My husband just got home from Iraq and there were like burn pits around and like Yeah, who knows you know, you're just yeah. I'm like, please, can you check her for all this stuff? This is not normal. And they're like, Yep, it's normal. Here's medicine and and send you on your way. And so I feel like as moms too, we have that gut instinct to know our kids' bodies and what they're going through before they can vocalize that as well. And she she has heliac too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just poisoning her by giving her cl- pl- puffs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to laugh. It's not funny. I know, but that's all you can do once you know. It's like, oh, yeah, I was just poisoning my child. And you do the best you can,
1: right? I don't yeah. think that anybody is... Uh, you know, maliciously <laughs> like yeah. undiagnosing you. I don't think that there's any malice in right. these doctors' practice. It's just the way that the system has set things up. Yeah. And what that requires of all of us as human beings is simply to advocate for ourselves and to continue to seek those answers when,
2: you know, they're not presented to us. And once you know stuff, being able to share it like you're doing and, you know, being an advocate for whatever happened to you because it gives people someone to talk to you know absolutely now if anybody you know knows that they need to go gluten-free they come talk to me like how do you do this how do you do that and it's the same with you and and doing using it to help other people now rather than just being like okay now I feel better and going about your day but that's incredible that You've created this space and now you're using it. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about for this space, can you briefly explain for people that don't listen to Rogan, um, what, how the infrared... Do people not listen to Rogan? I don't know.
1: <laughs> it, Anyone every,
2: anymore? I don't know. Every time I get my husband's car, that's what's on and I am I just yeah. keep listening. Um, so honestly, Tracy's probably the one that told him <laughs> to listen <laughs> to it, but yeah. he, yeah, that's a whole nother thing about the military and just prescribing all the medicines and everything instead yeah. of letting them take CBD oil um, and recommending all these alternatives. So he actually went to thrive because Tracy recommended oh, great. these types of, of treatments. So if you will explain just quickly, or it doesn't have to be quick, the infrared sauna and how that works and helps people.
3: Yeah. So infrared sauna is going to be different than a regular sauna. A regular sauna is about 200 degrees and heats the air around you and it's about a 2% detox also with an, with a regular sauna, like at a gym. Have you guys been to a regular sauna? There's like steam and mm-hmm. then sauna. You can't stay in usually longer than 10 minutes because it's 200 degrees. And it's usually going to be kind of dirty because it's going to be with a bunch of people and they probably don't clean it till the end of the day if they clean it at all infrared sauna heats you from the inside core, cellular level out. So just like they do it in the NICU, they use infrared. Um, This is a 30% detox. It uses three wavelengths, near, mid and far. So near is gonna be the nearest. It's gonna be about skin deep, collagen, anti-aging. Mid is gonna be muscles and ligaments and far wavelength goes the furthest into your body. So about two inches deep into your body. So tightly packed toxins. The great thing about that, like it's great for allergies, it's great for detox, it's great for weight loss. And when you heat your body up and you feel yourself coming down with a cold, it makes it so that the environment isn't good for a germ to stay. So just like when you get a temperature, your body heats up to fight that, that's what it's doing for you. And so 30% detox versus a 2% detox. There's a reason why Swedish people and Mayan culture sweat it out. Sweating is your body's way of detoxing. And oftentimes we go to the gym, we don't even sweat because we're like, we don't have the right lymphatic system yet to even sweat. So for the first time that I actually went in the sauna, it was crazy. My limbs were so bad because I was going through breast implant illness. I didn't sweat at all. So I stayed in the full 45 minutes at 147 degrees, not one drop of sweat and I'm like, and we'll see that at our studio and we're like, keep coming back, keep drinking water. Cause it could mean you're not hydrated or your lymphatic system is just fucked. So we guide people through that. By the third session within 10 minutes, I was getting into that deep core sweat because you're releasing the toxins, you're burning calories and you just feel better when you're heating up the inside. But I also was in so much pain that the warmth just felt so good. So I can't say enough good things about infrared sauna. Like I am going to be sauning the rest of my life, and lucky for me, one of our saunas wasn't working well, so they just sent us a new one. So now that one's in my house. So like every chance I get to sauna, I do,
2: and it's. I great, was going to say, fun. how frequently do you recommend it?
3: So anyone like myself with autoimmune issues, I'm going to recommend three times a week or more, but. And also we work with people. Some people are like, I just can't come more than twice or once a week. Anything is better than nothing. So for maintenance, I'd say twice a week or once a week at minimum. But if you could do three times a week, that would be perfect.
1: I've never done the infrared sauna. We have a a regular sauna at our house, nice, um, which I think has more cardiovascular kind of benefits to it. I think they have different benefits, if that's my understanding. Um, But they do have infrared at Thrive, too. Mm -hmm. So for us local people, if you're in Clarksville, go see Laurel. (laughs) And if you're here, the only place that I know of is, is Thrive. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, our infrared saunas I don't have the like sheet on me, but it lowers blood pressure. It's good for cardiovascular. I think the thing with a regular sauna, it might get you up to that cardiovascular level quicker because it's such a higher temperature. Um, it's but... hot as balls,
1: yeah, and that's another thing too, is um that's why I'm so into like the the sauna and the whole cold plunge ideas and working out and lifting heavy things because it makes me feel like a superwoman. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and Like I could do hard things. Like I can do, you know, that really pulls out the masculine side of me. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I'm so afraid of the float tank is because it's like, what do you do if it's not super hard? But I guess it's a hard and a completely different way.
2: Hard mentally. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> well, I totally get what you're saying, but just remember, I always tell my clients, like, if you don't like it, get out. Like if there's no, like, yeah, you have to pay for your session, but if someone gets in for five minutes, they're like, I don't like it. I wouldn't make them pay for it, but everyone ends up loving it. And we have stars on the ceiling. And also ours isn't a pod. It's an actual float cabin or suite. So it's the size of a master bedroom closet. It's beautiful. Like when you look at it. Okay. So
2: it's not like claustrophobic, like some places.
3: There's (laughs) a door and it's 12 inches deep. And honestly, most people, once they get in that mindset, it's like, Damn, I've been missing a lot. I like it, yeah. it's really yeah. cool.
1: When yeah. Luke came in to see you, he described it I, I, like he was like could couldn't describe it to me because he was like it was like it was like nothingness. Like it was just like <laughs> which was so bizarre, he said. It was like just such a wild experience.
3: Mm-hmm. But once you have that music on, it's not scary. Like I would recommend you have the music, have all the senses on and then I tell people like, hey, turn it off for like five minutes and just try and give your body a rest. But you're better off having all the senses on because it's still going to benefit you than freaking out. And there's something called a twitch. Like if you fall asleep and then you twitch, that actually means that you went into like a deep meditative state quicker. Um, But it's pretty rad. I think ours is the best, but I'm sure Thrive is good too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the only option we have unless you're coming to uh, Moore County.
3: You know what? I wanted to open one in Pinehurst or Southern Pines. I think it'd be like okay. the coolest Down place. the road. It would be <laughs> That's summer. where we live. <laughs> I, love, I know. I love Southern Pines. So pie. I love it. And I remember all the bars we used to go to there. And then they had opened that steakhouse with the horses or something. I'm like, it was getting so cute. Um, There's a lot. When was the last time you were here? 2012. 30, no, oh, yeah. 2011. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot that has changed yeah. since then. I, I love it there. I think it's one of my favorite places, truly.
2: Yeah. We love it too. Well, tell us your, your website where everybody can, can find yeah. you.
3: So we just updated our website. It's puresweatstudios.com. And then if you go under locations, you'll see Clarksville or just go Puresweatstudios.com slash Clarksville, then our IG is PSFS Clarksville, and our Facebook is PureSweat Plus Sign Float Studio Clarksville.
1: That's impressive that you know all of that off the top of
3: your head. Oh girl. <laughs> That's a
1: lot to remember.
3: When you open a brick and mortar and <laughs> you build it from the ground my whole life, people don't know this per se about starting your own business. It's a lot because at the end of the day, and we're open seven days a week at the end of the day, if someone doesn't show your ass is showing up. So, Mm -hmm. and I'm all about like, if I don't know it, how can I expect my staff to know it?
1: Yeah. It starts at the top for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, this is great. Thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your story and You know, uh, it's a testament to what happens when a tragedy happens in your life and then you figure out how to have something really beautiful out of it and life changing and community changing. So thanks for sharing that with us
3: so much. I really appreciate being on your show and I'm proud of you ladies, too. Oh, thank
1: you. (laughs) All right.
3: Make sure you come here.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so we will actually be there in like December. So oh. I'll shoot you a message. Yeah. yeah. And we'll swing by.
3: I'm going to come float. You a float.
1: Yes. I would love okay. that.
2: <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank Bye. you. Thank you.